Amen. And uh, what a presence of the Lord, a touch of God that's been in the house with us today. Amen. Wednesday night, was that not awesome Wednesday night? Hallelujah. I really felt y'all should have just took that service, I'll be honest with you. Amen. But you've done such an awesome job. And uh, we thank you so much for your response to the Lord and the presence of God and uh, your worship, your worship unto Him. Hallelujah. And uh, we thank you so much. Your dedication, your faithfulness to the Lord, and we do this as unto the Lord, because that's that's what this is all about. Uh, I always res- appreciate the respect and honor that's been given to me and to the ministry, not only just to myself, <clears throat> but to any minister that may come our way, and Brother Ford and Brother Barry, and and uh, thank you uh, for your always kindness and willingness to help and uh, minister and join in with us and whatever directions and decisions we decide to go. Uh, appreciate that so much. We've got, a, we've got a, a beautiful lesson today. This is the last month, getting in the last, uh, last this Sunday, next Sunday, of winding this series up. And uh, they've been some beautiful lessons. There was focused on the disciples and becoming and being disciples of Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know if I'll finish this. I may come back tonight and just work on this even some more. If you studied this lesson, especially the latter part of the lesson, it begins to talk about the resurrection. It begins to talk about, amen, some scriptures of Titus and Timothy and different ones. You begin to really realize uh, the, the importance of the Spirit of God that we must have, that must be within us and alive and working through us to set things in the right order for us to accomplish and achieve the things that we're being called to do and to live an overcoming life. I believe that's one reason the, the, the nation that we're living in is in such the condition she's in is because there's so many that gathers that really do not believe uh, amen and the power of the Holy Ghost the resurrection of being birthed again of the Holy Ghost and without it it's impossible to live a victorious life over sin. Amen. You can conform yourself and you can have good morals. Hey, this country was founded upon good morals, showing respect unto one another and things of this nature and uh, built off some Christian principles uh, out of the Word of God. Our forefathers, many of our first presidents, amen, they quoted and pulled as much from this as they did any other place. At that particular time, of course, they didn't have a lot of history things and other places to pull from because we're such a new nation, new country at that time. And so this is what was founded and this is reason the purpose of it. They'd have the liberty to come and worship and worship the Lord. And uh, we understand that statement. But we also understand by the word of God to, to be true worshipers. God's not just wanting somebody to worship him. He wants to be he's looking for true worshipers. Amen. That gives themselves and so basically this is impossible without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, without the power of God that measured the Spirit that abodes and dwells in us to help us. And so that's the great experience you and I. That's how you and I know that he's not in the tomb. <laughs> if, you ever, if you've ever, ever even felt the presence of God, you know he's alive. You know, it's not just words to you. It's not just a song. You know because you have felt him for yourself and you know he's alive. Amen. Praise God. Focus thought, power of the resurrection. Focus thought, uh, we can find a new life because what Jesus rose, amen, from the dead. Praise God. 
And uh, I will bring a couple of those points out, hopefully, and uh, before this is over with. Uh, how many of you believe he died? Did you know it's just as important to believe that he died as it is to believe that he rose? Just as important. We're equal out, to be balanced right. You got to believe that Jesus Christ died. He didn't just pass out. None of those things. Besides, you know, if you really listen and watch and read up the, the description of the, the crucifixion itself, the pain, the agony, the price that was paid, Last couple of lessons been kind of on some of that, the debt. He paid the debt. And the, the, the Romans, and the writer talks about this. No greater crucifixion. We'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, especially producing pain. But not, not only that, but the loss of blood. And then the this, this spear in his side and come forth water and blood. So there was nothing left in the body. Amen. It, it had to die. Amen. In fact, it was dead but prior to the piercing to the side. And... Um, you and I must believe that he died. Amen. He didn't just pass out. He was dead. That The man, Jesus, was as dead as anybody else you've ever seen that has died. There is no life whatsoever in that body. Amen. Focus verse, verses. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. This is an angel speaking unto Mary and the disciples and them. Saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of the sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. The third day. Man, and how often he did, uh, the Lord himself, is he was shaping his disciples and his followers. Notice when we say disciples here sometimes, that's not just the 11 or the 12. Amen. But many times his disciples that followed him and uh, the different times of those disciples, no doubt, Probably at different settings at different times. If you rightly look at the word of God, when certain things were said, many would flee him, but uh, then there would be those that would not. I believe some of those that never left him besides just the, the 12 up to the point of, of uh, uh, Judas, amen, allowing the devil to come in and he betrayed him, amen. But there was others, such as his mother and Mary Magdalene and different ones uh, that followed. A lot of times they may have followed at a further maybe not quite as close in fact the scripture brings out in the setting that we're talking about today as uh, and you can only imagine I can only imagine the emotions that they were feeling at even at a distance from that cross watching all this unfold we know the scripture mentions us more than once amen that how that Mary the mother of Jesus pondered the things that he would say unto her at certain times and settings we do know that she knows uh, she probably had as much of insight as anybody that walked upon this earth at that particular time and those years of the Lord. She knew how he was, how she became with him. She understood a man, which man understood it, but yet she knew how it happened. And she also, if you remember, she was the one that initiated his ministry as far as the miracles. And whenever she just finally looks at the servants and tell them, said, hey, whatever he tells you to do, do it. She didn't really know, didn't have a clue what he might would say. But if he said it, he could do it. <laughs> Amen. So it didn't make any difference. And so we know by these actions and deeds that um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, knew that he was God manifested in the flesh. That there was no limitations in his ability to do things. Uh, maybe there are certain times that uh, scriptures don't enlighten us about. Amen. At home time and things of this nature. That it would, you know, it would manifest itself, express itself and 
she would maybe catch the little glimpses at times and things of this nature. But all of that probably did not still prepare her for the day and the hour. Amen. She watched her own son that she had begotten. She birthed, amen, into this world as he was crucified in the agony of pain. Amen. So I want to, I want to talk about that a little bit here today because that can weigh so heavy. We can find ourselves, amen, in such condition sometimes, facing certain circumstances, situations. A man that can be of likeness as far as pain and sorrow and hopelessness. A man, as these ladies faced this situation that they were facing, as they look upon. So, as we begin to go into and, and watch some of this, uh, I know I'm going to eat the time up. And, uh, but anyway, we'll do what we can. Maybe back, come back tonight and work on it some more. Uh, but thank God for an empty tomb. Thank God. They could not find any evidence whatsoever regardless of their opinions and excuses amen paying people off to tell them that the disciples stole the body and things of this nature and as you watch some of the scriptures as we go through them I'm going to try to take the time this morning go through some of the actual scriptures uh, uh, even to the likeness amen of the three days and three nights amen of this unfolding and taking place and why the first day of the week and why it's celebrated and you'll see even why the church began together instead of on the Sabbath day, on the first day of the week. Amen. If you look at the calendar, what's the first day of the week? If you look on the calendar, we call it the Sabbath, but really Sunday is not the Sabbath. Saturday is. Amen. S Sunday is the first day. And so that became a practice. We just practice that same custom. Of course, we realize where the true rest is at, don't we? Amen. It's in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So one day is the same as the others, but yet this is a day that's set aside. It's the uh, best day for us in our nation, our custom, to set aside because it's kind of been pushed and made the Sabbath. If you say the Sabbath today to most people today, uh, probably 99 out of 100 will say Sunday. Amen. Even though it's not, it's Saturday. But uh, anyway, so we'll see a lot of things that unfold, that transpire, that takes place, that, that this right here helps set the foundation and the beginning of a lot of this as it begins to unfold. And it hinged, and you can watch, even if you go into the book of Acts, the beginning of the New Testament church, you're going to have to notice some things. Uh, number one, they had to be eyewitnesses. To be a disciple, to take the place of Judas after he betrayed Jesus, it was prophesied that there was going to be one even before the Holy Ghost ever poured out. There's a reason there's only two that was uh, picked that would meet these requirements. And one of the requirements was to be an eyewitness, eyewitness of the ministry of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus Christ, seen it for themselves. They knew he had died. And also as an eyewitness of his resurrection, they saw him for themselves. They knew that he was alive. So, amen, we'll talk about some of that too. Uh, Thomas struggled with that a little bit. And so there's a lot I'd like to bring out this morning that'll help us and help us to really understand what we believe, what we're practicing is worth it. Don't get discouraged, especially in the time, the hour that we're living. In fact, this ought to ignite us. This ought to work right the opposite toward uh, our redemption. Destroying night, the fulfillment of God, the presence of God, the power of God, amen, that works among us and through us. Hallelujah. What a day. What a time for you and I to be stable, to be grounded, established. Uh, Andrew knows what I'm talking about. I had a young man. I had one guy come in, an older guy come in. He said, hey, I couldn't hear you. When you you got to turn your speakers up. <laughs> Another guy come in and told me two or three times while he was in the store, he said, you need to put a speaker outside. And on his way out the door, he turned around. He said, you need to put a speaker on the outside. <laughs> so anyway, 
So I haven't done it, but we'll see. <laughs> Praise God. What they need to do is come in here and enjoy the fulfillment of it. And that's what we're praying. God, draw them, pull them, and help us, God, say the right things. I've been praying, God, fill my mouth at the right time, the right setting, the right season. Say the right things. It'd be anointed. Amen. Of God. Amen. We're witnesses of him. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about his resurrection, about his hope. Amen. And so you and I display that. Actually, it's so important how we respond to things, how we handle things, why we don't go to certain places, why we do some of the things we do, why we don't do something. All this works, amen, because why we experience this resurrecting power. There's a power, a kingdom that abodes in us now, amen, that this whole world needs to experience, amen. And that kingdom is the kingdom, amen, of the Holy Ghost, which is not meat and drink, but it's peace and joy and righteousness in what? In the Holy Ghost. This is a kingdom, amen, that you and I are part of, and we experience, and we display, and manifest to others and we advertise to others and try to persuade others to come and be a part of it praise God spiritually pistols read of all men and so all this is important you know why because some never maybe going to dart the doors but yet you and I amen the power of our witnessing the power of a a husband a wife a man that has experienced this been born to guess has the power to influence a husband a wife that's an unbeliever to become a believer so there is power amen in this resurrection when you begin to look at it and begin to observe it and in all the different directions that he can lead and guide us into that's the reason it's so important that's the reason the death constantly pulls at you nags at you it's kind of like gravity he's pulling at you all the time. He wants to rob you of that because when you look at the end of this, what is laid up for us? Laid up in a place that we don't have to worry about it. Amen. It's going to be there. It's waiting on us. We don't have to fret and worry about that. So anyway, here we go. The writer began really he talked about in the beginning of it and I was going to kind of wait to the last, but anyway, the emotions amen that they had to deal with. They had to uh, be confronted with because no doubt they done had a, a, a very horrible uh, week and uh, that had transpired in their lives as they uh, watched some of this unfold, even though Jesus had warned them and tried his best to uh, prepare them. It didn't, it didn't ease the pain at all. Man, the struggle, the, uh, the uncertainty of some of the things and how it was unfolding and what was taking place. And uh, so as they struggled with some of this and watching some of this, and so we basically going to try to just pick up in Luke 24 and John 16 and 20, Matthew 27 places here as we discuss in different areas of the writings of the gospel. Amen. All of them, including John. Amen. And there's a little difference in some of this, but as you read all of them, you get a better idea of what's unfolding, how it transpired, and how it took place. I believe also we get a better idea of, of how some of this unfolded of when Jesus and, and the urgency, amen, of Jesus being taken off of that cross, amen, and put into a tomb. To count for that particular day so we could get the three days in there because it was like unto Jonah. This is one of the witnesses that, uh, that he had given unto them. Amen. You tear down this temple in three days. I'm going to raise it up. And so all these things had to be full scripture. Now remember this. Hey, this was been often, often throughout the disciples of Jesus Christ. And the, as we follow the example of Jesus Christ, many things that he suffered, many things that had to be fulfilled was for no other reason but to fulfill the scriptures. It was not necessarily that the individuals that was play, taken apart and being a part of this, amen, that you and I would have acted any different. Because the scriptures are going to be fulfilled. They was going to unfold. And so some of this is the same way. In fact, the writer later on talks about it. Amen. That if they had known. If they had known the prince of life. They would not have crucified him. But they did not know. They were blinded to that. Because why? The scriptures had to be fulfilled. Why? The lamb had to go to the cross. And so all this other. As, as, as painful 
is it may have seemed as dark of the hour and the emotions. And they're, they're full of emotions, no doubt, and, 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 and hopelessness at this point in time as they begin to try to deal with this. So we know we're after the crucifixion. And as we watch some of this begin to unfold now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, this is how Luke puts it in 24 and 1, they came unto the sepulcher, uh, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them, the women that was joined with them. Uh, we know there was a couple of Marys and Joseph and different ones. So that's the reason I'm going to bring some of this out. We're going to see there is a group. There's a group of ladies. And, and as Matthew brings it to our they had made preparation of these ornaments. Amen. These oils, these perfumes to anoint the body of Jesus Christ. You know what? That would have been a task all its own. I mean, when you really think about this, uh, as they come, this is going to be uh, the third day, amen, the, the uh, three days. So now, I mean, early in the morning. Now, now so Jesus had been in late in the tomb. Uh, as we watch some of this, I believe personally, he was laid in some late Thursday evening before 6 o'clock, amen, and then laid Friday and Saturday and rose, amen. And that's where your three days come in, three days and three nights. So that gives us Thursday, Thursday night, Friday, Friday night, Saturday and Saturday night, and then Sunday morning, first day of the week. And so when it dawned early in the morning, and, and watch what some of the others as we watch some of this, Matthew 28, 1, and puts it this way, to the end of the Sabbath as it began to dawn toward the first day. It's getting daylight, maybe not even quite daylight yet. They got up early, and they're on the way to the sepulcher. And, and the reason is they could not do it on the Sabbath. It was, it was unlawful. They could not go. They could not travel. They could not do this. So they didn't have no choice but to wait, amen, until this point in time for this to transpire and take place. It's amazing how God set up some things in the law to keep others from doing things they didn't have no business doing until the time was right for them to do it. <laughs> Praise God. I listened to a guy who came by yesterday, talked to me a few minutes, and showed me a few things. But anyway, uh, and uh, we was talking about different things, and he talked about the law, and uh, Talks about, you know, the Old Testament. I could tell by the way he's saying the Old Testament. And finally, the conversation led around. I told him, I said, well, listen now. Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament. He destroyed it into a way with He fulfilled it. What He fulfilled, me and I don't have to do it any longer. Trying to just help him to understand, amen, that everything in the Old Testament, you don't throw it in the trash can. <laughs> amen. We're still obligated to it, responsible to it. Amen. Because there's a lot of things that we practice and believe in that's in the Old Testament. That's the, the best picture. Amen. The scriptures given to us is out of the Old Testament. But what he fulfilled, you and I don't have to practice it anyway. So he goes on from that. So we see that now began the dawn toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Marys to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great, notice Matthew brings it out, there's an earthquake. And it goes from that, he says, the angel Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. So, so notice now, if you read your lesson, you're going to notice that the, the writer begins to talk about, and he, he likes into this, these nagging questions as they're on their way. And, and watch this, have you ever been preparing for something and then the, the day's arriving and your moments from it and uh, as you're progressing there and you get there, all of a sudden you forgot something. And it dawned on you know what? We didn't think about fixing this. We didn't get, for instance, say, oh, this would be simple. We forgot to get the eyes. What are we going to do? We didn't get, and possibly even with Mary and them as they was going through the Sabbath and going through all the rituals and practices and they had made preparations, you know, they got the oils ready. But now they gather together now and they're coming and it's early on this first day and all of a sudden it began to dawn on them. Who's going to roll the stone away? Now, we know Joseph, Joseph hewed out this tomb, and the scripture's plain. In fact, when the writer talks about that, in fact, you go to Matthew 27, you see, and laid in his own new tomb, which he had hewed out in the rock, and he rolled a great, Matthew put it that way, a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. 
Now watch the next statement. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. They was watching from a distance. They watched Joseph do this. They watched him roll that great stone. Now, I'm going to put a little bit in there, okay? I'm not trying to add to the word or take from the word of God, but Joseph being a rich man, being a man of official, a man that, that when he says he put it there, doesn't necessarily mean he done this physically by himself. Some hiremen and others there that was helping him. It's just kind of like the boss when he says uh, that we got such and such done. It may have been through his workers that he's paying to do this. And so therefore he takes credit and part of that joining with them as a team to get something done. The point I'm trying to make here is the statement of the great stone. So no doubt as you watch this conversation between the Marys and the ladies that's on their way. And there's more than just two or three apparently that's on going. They knew that the stone was so great that they did not have the power or the ability Neither had the right because you go back and look at the writer of the lesson. Now, I've never heard this one statement he made about a string being attached. I have heard that the seal was actually a wax seal that was put upon this stone that sealed it up. And, and if anybody budged or touched or moved that stone, they would have known it. Amen. They were in no doubt. There was no way to hide that or disguise it. And so either way, you know, whenever they sealed that up. And so if you remember... They went back. It was the chiefs, uh, priests, and the Pharisees that went to Pilate and said, Amen, we want you. Amen. And apparently they went on Friday to Pilate and said, Hey, you know, the next day after crucifying and putting him in the tomb, Joseph sealed it up. Amen. They went to Pilate the next day and said, Hey, uh, that, that bunch of folks is walking in error. Amen. They, they, they're going to go down and steal the body of Jesus. So we want you to seal it up. And Pilate says, You got means to seal it up. You seal it up. I'm going to preach from that one day. Yeah. I may talk about it tonight. If you really listen to what Pilate's telling them, you know what he's telling them? If you catch, think you can seal it up and keep him in there, you seal it up. You listen to what he's saying. I believe without saying, if you catch a waste in your time, Doc, I told you he was out sin. I told you. I, there was no fault in him. I don't believe he's going to stay in that tomb. Now, he couldn't say all that because, again, he was in the position he had to fulfill the scriptures. <laughs> you know, he's in a place, even though as much it lied within him and all the powers that lied within him, he tried to, but he couldn't do it. It had to be fulfilled. But you notice in the statement that he makes here, and now not only is that done, but there's guards. The writer says there's some 16 guards. Roman guards are some 16 of them that would be put in the position. They have a six square foot. to lean or to sit down at any moment in time in their guarding of that tomb. Now, they was focused on, notice, wasn't the first day or the second day. But they was focused on the third day. And so sure enough, a man, they set him up. Now, I believe they've done it on Friday. Make sure they, they're all the way through the Sabbath. These are Roman soldiers now. And they're setting up there. 16 of them. Now watch this. The punishment, if one of these guards falls asleep, if he's leaning on something or sits down and falls asleep, they, they take him with his clothes and all, and they burn him. But not only just him, according to the writer, all 16 of them. I wonder what happened in here. <laughs> For all of us, say, man, you know, if, I, if somebody falls asleep in here, guess what? Everybody's going to get a lashing. Well, I can just watch everybody. You 
make sure someone. <laughs> I, I, I could hear us after service this morning. Hey, you sit by so-and-so, and I'm telling you. You know, y'all just need my wife to sit by you, especially when you're driving. I promise you. <laughs> you just blink a little too long. <laughs> Hallelujah. You want to sleep? Sleep. You go to sleep. <laughs> Hallelujah. I play with her once in a while. You know, that's the only time I have fun enjoy those little bumpers on the side of the road. Other, time, other than that, I hate them. <laughs> amen. But amen. You know, you be going along around here. And but anyway, praise God. But, you know, you're not going to sleep at the wheel. So, so that's, that's the way it was here. The pressure was put on all. They've been joining everybody in. Boy, I tell you what, that'll preach. That's the same attitude, the same spirit, the same form that you and I should be about. The church, the body of Christ, our community, our loved ones and friends and neighbors. Hey, you're not going to sleep on the job. You're not going to get lukewarm. Hey, we're going to keep you stirred up. Amen. You may get aggravated and frustrated with us. Amen. But we're going to do our best, amen, to keep you alert. Amen. Keep you vigilant. Keep you sober. Amen. You've got to be watching for the enemy. Hey, I can take you all the way to Nehemiah. Hey, this covers a lot of area. But anyway, let's don't get in there. All right, so now as we go on through and watch some of this begin to unfold and begin to take place, the next day, the following the day of the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees, I've just talked about that, sirs, remember, the receiver said after their uh, days, I will rise again. to watch, I want you to watch what he says. Command therefore the skeptical. Let me go to Watch this. He is risen from the dead. So watch the last statement they make in that verse, verse 64. So that the last era shall be worse than the first. They still making the statement that Jesus Christ, Amen. You know, if you remember, they told Pilate, you know, they didn't like the the, the card that Pilate had put up on that he was the king of the Jews. No, you put on a, he said he was the kings of the Jews. Pilate said, I put what I put because he was the king of the Jews. Okay, so we see a lot of this as it begins to unfold and begin to take place, things that begin to happen, and so we go from that and, and we begin to. Realize and see that certain things are really going to have to unfold and take place as Mary and them as they're on the way. But guess what? When they get there, writer and read one talks about how angel was there and how that key rolled an earthquake. Now I know the term earthquake. A lot of times in the Bible we may think of the earthquakes that we have today, but I don't believe they're quite the same. Well, how do you how do you, why do you say that? Well, for instance, Amen. Even under the Book of Acts, there were still earthquake movings. I, I believe an individual can have an earthquake in their own soul heart and spirit and situation in this church and it be unbeknowing to everybody else except you God and the devil <laughs> praise God amen that's how God can work and so here the Bible and Matthew's writing called it the angel came down called it an earthquake as he rose back but not only did he roll the stone back amen and the seal was broken amen it talks about the guards now here the writer just simply makes a statement that they had fled and left but the Matthew's writing says that they were became as dead men. They trembled and came as dead men. And you know, you know, as a dead man, you know, a dead man can't hurt you. He can't shoot you. He can't knife you. He can't even talk about you. He can't even give you a dirty look. <laughs> he can't give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. He's dead. And so that's what Matthew says. Said after the appearance of this angel that caused such a fear and such an earthquake, and, and rightly so. It would have done us the same way. And so these, the dilemmas that they was fretting and worried about and, 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 and discussing among themselves, I believe possibly uh, maybe hadn't crossed their minds until now they're on the road and they're on the trail and, and early in the morning. And all of a sudden, maybe one of the Marys looked over and said, y'all thought about the stone? Stone? Yeah, the great stone. Oh, no. What are we going to do? But you know what? They didn't stop, did they? They didn't turn around. 
go back. They were setting out. They had a purpose, a goal, a mission to accomplish. And so you and I, watch this. When God puts something in our heart and our spirits at a call or, or whatever it might be, I don't care how small or how great it might be, amen, you and I have got to be determined. You know what? God's going to take care of what I can't take care of. i just got to take care of what I can take care of. And God's got to give me the wisdom, the knowledge, the insight, amen, to handle these situations as he would have me to do it, amen. So when you do those things, guess what? We can do great things in him, for him, and by him. And so as they begin to make their way and their way there, you begin to notice as we go into he is risen. The woman did not expect the resurrection. And uh, so you can imagine he talks about as they come around the bend, the stones roll back and it's empty. And so now we start seeing some things begin to unfold and, and the Marys. And they, he comes up with the writings, the different writings of what Mary's there first. And she gets up immediately and leaves. And, and so, we, But we know for a fact when it's all said and done, regardless of how it all unfolds, we know that one writer talks about how that uh, the angel spoke to them. And, uh, and I'm going to preach another message sometime. Amen. Why seek the dead among the living? You know, if I was lost and undone out there, one of the first things I'd do when I really got hungry and thirsty about, you know what? I need to see. I'd, I'd, I'd start looking around and I'd look at places and I'd observe people that go to those certain places and, and, and I'd watch their lifestyles. And if they still, if they was living the same lifestyle that I'm living, that I'm living now while I'm dead... <laughs> They's walking the same way I'm walking, acting the same way I'm acting, going to the same places I'm going, uh, full of uh, grumble and hate and bitterness and lust and all this other. You know, why seek the living among the dead? Because the Bible said we're all dead in trespasses and sins. And so one of the greatest witnesses that you and I got of the resurrecting power of God is living that overcoming life as a testimony that we're among the living. Don't ever underestimate the power of your witness of holiness. Don't let the flesh of the world and the spirit of the world and the devil play games with you about that. It's still one of the most powerful witnesses to individuals that are sincere about the conditions of their soul and about having a fellowship and a relationship with God. Now, there's, there's, there's synagogues and places all up and down the road, amen, for people that just want to have a social gathering, for people that just, you know, well, any old way I do. <laughs> they, they're, lining the, they're lining the streets. But I'm telling you, there's only one church and one body and one gospel, one faith, one Lord, one, one baptism. I, I mean, it's, it's full of it. Uh, so thank God, amen. So anyway, I'm just giving you a little, time, a little advertisement, a few messages that God's going to work on us about and, Praise God. So, so here we are. And so the angel, amen, speaks to them. Why are you seeking the dead among the living? Uh, something else. Praise God. Please don't be offended when I fix and say this is, this is good. We need to do that. The passing of our loved ones. We go. Why do we go back to those places where we laid them? You don't ever read in the scriptures after this first day. Where Mary, the mother of Jesus, any other Marys, or any of the disciples... Goes back to the tomb. Because he wasn't there. It would have been a waste of time. And I know today. I, I, today I think it's a place you can go. And see and experience. And they say it's, you know, it's out of this world. But it's still empty. He's not there. Praise God. Praise God. So anyway. So why seek the living among the dead? And so. Mary goes, and, and you watch this begin to unfold. And you can see some emotions. You can see some struggles. And, and this will help us. We experience them. We experience them. Times when we face storms, and we face the things in life. And, 
and we know God, and we know the power of God, and we have the Holy Ghost, but, but there's times in life. It may be with our health. It may be financially. It may be spiritual warfares. It may be losing a loved one. It may be, I mean, we could just name a multitude of things, such as coronavirus. And, uh, but, but you know what? In these hopeless times, it could be for some. And, but, but you know what? In this, we know there is a God. We know there's a one to protect us and help us and lead and guide. So in all of this that was going on, in these, these days, and I'm telling you what, they was full of emotions, uh, right down to the disciples, because when Mary goes back, one of the writers talks about, goes back, Mary Magdalene, the one he cast out seven devils, goes back to him, tells Peter, amen, and, and John, and they were on unto the sepulchre, amen, because they had been hiding, they weren't sure. Now watch some of this unfold. We know for a fact, hallelujah, that the, the prophecy was that they were to be scattered, right? At the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and so they departed, they scattered, they went to their own abodes, their own places. But as things begin to unfold in the next two or three days, and I believe possibly on this first day, on Sunday, as Mary and them came and this expressed and the word began to get out. Amen. Disciples. Amen. The followers of Jesus Christ. I believe they begin to gather back up. I believe they begin to find a place to gather back up. And find a place. In fact, one of the writers talks about how that they hid themselves. Fearful. Amen. Of being accused of taking the body. And it would cost them their lives because they would send the Roman soldiers to take them and annihilate and destroy them. The scripture brings that out to us. I believe a lot of this happened. In fact, one of them talks about in the evening time, they's behind the closed door, the evening time, because he tells Mary, because when Mary comes down he's, and, and when she turns from the angel, she looks and she supposes. And, and the writer talks, you know, someone says it'd be through, uh, have you ever been lost and so hopeless in a situation that you was weeping and crying so hard, hard that you couldn't see? that everything was blurry and you couldn't really I mean only way you could really tell who that was or whatever really is because you knew them so well or by their voice or by their presence outside of that it was so blurry that you really couldn't you're not giving a response but I'm sure we all been there I know I have I personally can tell you I have amen and uh, uh, so even here, as she turns from that, that grave site and, and the voice of the angel, because, you know, she's still searching for the body. If you, you just tell me where he's at. I, I'll, I'll take him. I'll take him. And she turns and she supposes it's the garden. She questions him. The second after the time of it, she asks the garden, hey, hey, where, where'd you put the body? Where'd you? And even Jesus says and poses the same. Why seek the dead? Amen. Why seek the living among dead Jesus she still didn't recognize him at that point but then all of a sudden he says Mary and then immediately recognition Bona, master teacher and that's where you see the instructor you go and tell him and this is still the first day all this is unfolding the first day amen she becomes an eyewitness she makes her way into the disciples. Now watch this. They didn't believe. The writer brings out in the lesson how that, there's, that especially in their culture, in their time. Ladies, you may not like this, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't a powerful witness. You wouldn't be a prime. You know, if you was in court and you was in trouble, you, you better hope somebody besides a woman saw it. <laughs> Let me put it that way. <laughs> Johnny laughing with me. I think that's cute. <laughs> Uh, guess what? You get to heaven, you don't have to worry about none of that. I'm so glad. I'd have solved a lot of problems. <laughs> God knew what he was doing. 
There's some things just not going to exist in heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, may not even exist on the new heaven or the new earth. I don't know. That's up to God. I don't know what I'll ask you to work all that out. But amen. Anyway, praise God. <laughs> well, I feel good this morning. Hey, y'all feel good this morning? Amen. Ain't it good to be among the living? Amen. Feel good, God. Praise God. Hallelujah. But all right, as you watch this, it really it begins to unfold. And so she, she makes her way back. They don't really believe her. And so as they run there, and, and Peter, you know, he stops. He's a little hesitant about going in. But John comes in, goes by. But notice something. There's something laying in the tomb. That's laying off to the side. It's the shawl that covered his face. And they tell us the custom. Even in that time. That if, if you was at a restaurant. A place of eating. Or if you was a guest at someone's house. And you were eating. And uh, you got up. And if you was leaving your plate. Whatever. If you took your napkin and folded it. And laid it. That, that let. Ever who was serving you, ever whose house, whatever place you was at, that let them know without you being there. I'm coming back. Don't rake my dish. Don't take my food. I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm not through yet. Why am I saying that so much this morning? What have y'all heard lately? What's happened in the last three months? What have y'all heard the most last three months? What do you hear at Christmas time? Merry Christmas. Come on. <laughs> Happy New Year's. All right? <laughs> what have you been hearing lately? Be safe. Be safe. I've heard that on how many times up at Harwell. I am safe because I'm safe. Woo! I don't do that for them. I don't make light of it. Hallelujah. But, but you know what I'm saying? They're saying be safe. You know what? My God is well. He, he's he's going to be safe. Hallelujah. He's going to take care of this thing. He's an awesome and a mighty God. He's working on our behalf. He's working in the dark. He's working when you think he's not working. He's still working. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. He's not in the grave. Hallelujah. The devil couldn't hold him. Sin couldn't hold him. Do you think this is going to hold him? I don't think so. I like Pilate now. Do the best you can. <laughs> Put up all the guards, set it up the best you can. But you know what? I got my doubts. <laughs> I like Elisha. <laughs> With Elijah. That's right. All them servants said, hey, we're going to call Elijah. They told him two or three times, you're wasting your time, wasting your time, wasting your time. You ever told somebody that? Finally, they just keep on, well, just go ahead. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm messing up all kinds of good messages, ain't I? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you know what? Elijah told him, go ahead then. But you're not going to find him. You're wasting your time. Get after it. Praise God. You know, let's don't waste our time. Let's don't waste our time on fragile things that don't amount to a hill of beings. Let's, let's purpose. Let's, let's have some purpose in our life and, and living for God and doing the things that are pleasing and acceptable in His sight. You know, if we'll do that and get focused on Him, don't get focused on all the bad. Don't get focused on all the negative. Don't get focused on... Look at the positive of things. Look at the... Look, start looking for the light. You know, some people can't see the light and it's blinding them, but they can't see it because they're not looking for it. All they can see is that speck. <laughs> Amen. That's the reason the scripture warns us. I mean, man, when you start judging people, make sure you got the dust out of your own eyes before you're trying to get the log off of theirs. <laughs> you know, it's one thing we can see is somebody else toting a log.
pastors in our own. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. So as we watched him, amen, as all this is really beginning to unfold, and John, John really helps us out and, and, uh, in his writings, especially in the 20th chapter. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to drop down. To, uh, let's go down to about the 19th verse. I've covered a lot of this. So the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. I'm just trying to give you some scripture back up what I've taught you this morning. Okay? I want you to think I'm just pulling things out of the hat and things of this nature. Hey, this is in the book. And you begin to line all of this up. Hey, you, got, you and I got to deal with fears. We got to deal with uncertainties and unknowing things. But we're not in this by ourselves. Okay? And so as we watch all of this, amen, what did Jesus do? Jesus came. He came to where they was assembled, where they had gathered back together. Amen. And he steps in. He doesn't, he, don't, he doesn't knock on the door. He doesn't even need a key. Now, they're behind locked doors. But all of a sudden, amen, the comforter, God Almighty, Jesus Christ himself, steps into the room. He responds unto them, peace unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto him his hands, his side, and were the disciples glad they, when they saw the Lord. So now they become the eyewitnesses. Now watch this. All of them had not assembled at this moment in time, if I understand this right. There was one that was absent, as you watch the scriptures keep unfolding here, by the name of Thomas. And so as they rehearse unto Thomas, apparently the next day, uh, possibly the next, uh, is, I know it's eight days before Jesus shows up again. I do know that. Right? It goes on and tells us this. And, and Thomas says, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to believe it. Until I can put my hand in that nail-scarred hand, until I can thrust my hand into that side, I'm not going to believe it. I don't believe y'all see Jesus. He didn't believe none of the disciples. He didn't believe none of the ladies. He didn't believe any of them. Praise God. And so eight days later, they're again in an upper room. They're in a place. And here comes Jesus again. Same set, same scenario. He comes walking in. But watching this time, after being peace to all of them, he turns all of his attention to Thomas and says, Here I am, Thomas. Thresh your hand. Here I am, Thomas. Put your hand in my side. He said, Oh, my Lord and my God. But watch the statement of Jesus from that point. He said, Thomas, you believe because you have seen. But blessed are them that have not seen, but yet believe you believe in the resurrection this morning do you believe that he died do you believe in the resurrection the power see here's the key if you believe really believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ then there's nothing upon this earth that you and I have to fear or we may not like it and none of us cares for pain and loss and agony. And, and some of our fears is because of loved ones and friends. And, that, and I, we understand all of that. But at the same, the same principle is you and I must be the epistles. And saying, you know what? We're not going to fear this. It may take us and it may put me in the ground. But I believe in the resurrection. Because there's been a many a saints has died from cancer, from heart problems, from accidents. and things. We're not exempt from those things. It's appointed to man to die. But you know what? That's not the end of the story. We're going to be a part of that first resurrection, that blessed resurrection. We're going to be a part of them that's going to meet him in the clouds. We're not going to be a part of that second, third bunch of resurrections that's going to take place there after the millennials and all this other stuff. Amen. We're going to be the church. The bride, blessed, because we believe we're following the first fruit called Jesus Christ.
And that's the reason, if you notice, whenever he crucified and all this took place, and after his resurrection, the veil that was rent from top to bottom, that whosoever will, let him come to experience the power of this resurrection. Amen. To experience what's happened. If you, you, you ever been through the Bible study. Amen. That temple. Amen. There's, there's a part of that temple plan and it shows the veil. And behind that veil, that veil represented flesh. God in the Old Testament with Moses. When he talked about Moses built on a sanctuary for God to dwell in. To be among his people. And it set in the center and all the twelve tribes around him. But also in behind that veil was a prophecy and, 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 a, and a, 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 a master, the teacher, leading us into the veil that God was coming hidden behind flesh called Jesus Christ and when that veil was rent the body was rent amen now whosoever will let him come amen hunger and thirst as around you shall attain so we seeing all that can experience what the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ because the enemy has been conquered that's the reason Jesus Christ told us he said hey hey come on cheer up brothers and sisters amen I, I don't know if there's tribulation I told you going to be tribulation it's going to be like wolves among sheep I mean sheep among wolves <laughs> hallelujah and some of you Maybe I was like Mom's even anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. But, you, but, but, but we watch this unfold. He said, you know what? Because, but I've overcome the world. Amen. I conquered death. I, this is the enemy. This is the last enemy the Bible talks about. It's going to be destroyed. But guess what? Jesus has already conquered it. It's a done deal. So as disciples of Jesus Christ, and we follow, this is the power of the resurrection. <laughs> so after he goes into all of that, it leads us to the last part of it, to the power of the resurrection, the new birth, and the living hope, and um, the inheritance that can never perish. Uh, there's a few scriptures here. I, I want to just really, as, as briefly as I can, bring them out into us to help us to understand about the power of this new birth. Amen. John wrote about it. Remember, John come about about 40 years after the first three disciples and he, he's done such an awesome job of, of writing about God, and the word of God, and the power of God, and the purpose of God and everything about it. Because so much had done transpired, he's seen where man was trying to, uh, the doctrines of men and things of this nature. So no doubt John, John the revelator, amen, the beloved, if you please, amen, as he unfolds to us. But anyway, as you watch some of this, you go back to, I'm not going to do it, but to John the 20th chapter, amen, 19 through about 31, be a good place, amen, to go back and just read a lot of this, especially the focus verse, the 20th verse of that particular setting. But for time's sake, I won't do it. But let's look, amen. The Bible, the writer begins to bring out, amen, when he talks about Jesus Christ from the dead. And um, you look at 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 15. And I would quietly preach that he rose from the dead. How say among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also in vain, yea? And we are found as false witnesses of God. So we see what Paul's addressing here, because it was them that didn't believe in angels, they didn't believe in the resurrection, they didn't believe in none of that. So as he addresses it, if there's no resurrection, then our faith is in vain, our preaching's in vain, everything that we're doing is in vain. But because you and I have tasted and experienced the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ, amen, that's really so important. Amen. In the presence of God, in the house of God, worshiping God. When you come here, it's so important. To the best of your ability, make sure that you come with your mind and your heart and your spirit focused upon the Lord, the Word of God, the moving of the Holy Ghost. Not to miss that. Hallelujah. Because you and I need it. We need to respond to it. Amen. 
for ourselves as well as for our brothers and sisters and for what God wants to unfold to take place among us. And, and so, but in, when you get to the writings of the Apostle Peter himself, Amen. When you look at 1 Peter 3, 1, and I, I'm going to use another verse there. Blessed be the God of the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, according, catch that, according to his abundant mercy. Amen. We didn't earn this. This is the grace. This is the mercy of God. But we believed it. We responded to it. We believed the gospel. We responded into it. We acted upon it. That's what true faith is all about. This is how we know that Abraham, amen, because he responded by coming out of, of the Chaldeans. We know that Noah had faith because he responded by building an ark when there had been no rain or they hadn't heard of any kind of rain but he built the ark by faith and 120 years of doing it and so we watch this amen by faith you go to Hebrews 11 chapter amen I may preach a little bit on faith tonight amen I may contend for the faith that's once delivered to the saints hallelujah you know what we need to contend for the faith and, and for everything else that's been delivered to the saints amen we need to be that Acts church we need to be that New Testament church God hadn't changed his mind this church is no less of a church than what he expected to be from the very beginning because we're serving the same God have the same spirit the same promise the same powers and we need to have the same passion the same love we need to we need to walk in the same resurrecting powers amen if you got the Holy Ghost you got that resurrecting power within you if you're going to war against the powers of evil and darkness amen if you're going to overcome the pull of the lust and desires of the world amen you got to have something that's greater in you you got to have a greater love a greater passion a greater joy no greater joy than this amen it's joy unspeakable and full of glory hallelujah that's reading the writers talks about this that's really so much focus upon it in fact if you go back to all the writings and a lot of the preachings, amen, of the New Testament church, it focused on Jesus Christ being the Messiah and the resurrection of Jesus Christ because if they could ever persuade the people that he was the Messiah and that he was resurrected they didn't have no problem, amen, they didn't have no problem believing in one God, they believed and took the message, amen, repented and man, they were filled with the Holy Ghost hallelujah, that's the reason it fell upon them in Acts the 10th chapter, hey, I thank God for the resurrecting power of the Holy Ghost the resurrecting power of God, and I'm telling you some corona can't stop it, hallelujah it can pour out in your living rooms, it can pour out in your bedrooms and get poured out. You're driving down the road. This resurrection power ain't making show up anywhere, any place. You could be out on an island somewhere, but you know what? You can still get in the spirit. You could be bored and burned and, and persecuted, but you know what? The Holy Ghost, you can still get in the spirit. And there's something about when you get in the spirit and you get in the Holy Ghost and you get the power and the presence of God. Everything else seems to dwindle. Everything else becomes less. This is what the resurrecting power of God is all about. This is where the newness of life and the newness of the power that you and I must walk in. We're living in a generation that wants to, wants to if we're not careful, there's two, two spirits that's working on our generation as a church. A Jezebel spirit, a Laodicean spirit. Rich and good don't have need of nothing. I got the money, I just buy it. God has a way of doing things that your money won't. Well, this corona didn't show, didn't show regard to nobody, did it? But some of the most high ups to the, I mean, our own vice president had to kind of, and I'm not saying that as a slur against any of them. What I'm telling us, that positions and places and monies of this world, amen, can keep us. But this resurrecting power can. If you don't even have no money, this God can. If you don't even hold what we would call Famous positions or places as God can. But watch this. How much better are you off if you have a lot of money and still live for God with the Holy Ghost? What if you're holding positions and doing things, great things? Because watch this. Time after time in the Old Testament, there's that one Hebrew boy that God would bring into place that would save the then known world. It had to change today. Thank God for some one God, apostolic men and women 
that has given themselves, prepared themselves, and being used and doing it for the glory of God. Doing it as a servant unto the Lord. Amen. Makes all the difference in the world. Praise God. I know my time's up. Let's just stand. Praise the Lord. Love you today. Appreciate you so much. First uh, Thessalonians 4.14. Amen. Paul's writings there. And uh, I'm going to go back to the very thing I started out this morning with. Notice, and this is one of the reasons I made this statement. Paul's writing to Thessalonian believers because they had so much trouble. Some believing that the resurrection done took place. Different things had taken place to these believers. So he's writing to them. He's trying to get it back. Amen. You see a lot of these letters. That's the reason they was written and wrote by the Apostle Paul. Amen. Because he was either in prison or places like this. He'd get word and get letters from them. And so he tried to deal with them. Help them. Get them back on track. Give them, keep them in a rapture condition. Or catching away. Or whatever you want to call it. And here's one of the places that this, this is caught and gathered up from it. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 14. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Notice how the Apostle Paul addressed that. He didn't say, hey, don't you believe in Jesus? No, no, you got to believe that he died and rose. Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this... We say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Amen. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. Sometimes they sing the song and they, they give the archangel the credit for that, but if he said with the voice of an archangel. So is that archangel doing that or, is, or with the, the Lord as the voice of an archangel? Look at it. I do know the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. The shout. And I believe he's saying with the voice of an archangel. I don't think the angel is going to be. I think it's going to be him. But anyway. And with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain. Shall be called up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. We can find comfort. We find hope. Amen. That's the reason Paul wrote it to us. He said, if we had hope only in this life, we'd be of all men most merciful. But we don't. We got hope in the life to come. Because we believe in the power of the resurrection. We felt it. We've experienced it here today. In this service, I believe there's some, been some resurrection that's took place in this service today. In some hearts and lives and souls and spirit. That's just a taste. Amen. And you just imagine what it's going to be like in that moment, in the twinkling of an eye, when this old corruptible is going to put on incorruption. Amen. An inheritance that's laid up in the heavens. I, I, you see, I believe, you know, a lot of people talk about how powerful the devil is. But the devil's limited. He really is. He don't have near the power everybody gives him the credit for. He really don't. The power lies within us. According to the power that worketh within us. And if, if, if we'll let God work, God will work. God will work. God will work. But he's going to do it his way. And, we, you know, we got to trust him. We've got to have faith in him. And say, it's in your hands, God. No, I'm not going to get out there and do stupid stuff. I'm not out there to put on a show for somebody. God showed us that example. Amen. Being tempted by the devil. We're not doing that. But you know what? We're going to live Good, godly, clean lives for the Lord under the inspiration and power of his resurrection.
Lord, we love you today and appreciate you so much. Thankful for all your people, all the saints of God, all that's gathered here with us this morning. I ask that your power and grace and mercy go with us throughout this afternoon. Help us. Help us in our minds and hearts and spirits. Condition us uh, for the service tonight. Guide us uh, that we walk back in this place. The power of the Holy Ghost, the power of your word, the resurrecting power of the Lord. Uh, would just show it, manifest itself, and thy will could be done. We ask this and give you all glory for it in no other name but in that lovely name of Jesus Christ we pray. Love you. God bless you. You're dismissed and fear the Lord. Appreciate you. Youth, any youth plan on going, you better be getting on there, getting with us, letting us know. Uh, as far as I can tell, senior camp still going to do their youth camp. Okay? God bless you.